Like no, nobody's looking for you when you first start. Like nobody's googling my name, trying to work with me. Hello. Happy Wednesday. Happy Wednesday. Welcome back to another episode of Just One. Tonight we are drinking three different things. I say three because we are joined in our studio by our friend Jesse. Hello, Jesse. Nice to have you. Hey, guys. I'm so happy to be here. Okay, I'm drinking an Olipop because I saw today that they have ginger ale, which I have never seen before. And if you know me, you know I love ginger flavored anything. So I was really excited to try. Absolutely. I'm drinking a watermelon poppy. Not my favorite flavor, but here we are. <laughs> what are you drinking, Jesse? I'm drinking a Trilogy kombucha, but I put it in this cute little glass to like elevate the occasion because this is such, you know, we're having a little girl's drink state. So Wait, you that's know. So, so cute. cute. Thank you. I love that. Cheers, ladies. That Taste color test. is phenomenal. Cheers, Cheers. guys. Okay, reviews. Ooh, How's the Olipop? This is better than I thought it was going to be. Oh, really? Yeah, I thought I didn't really like watermelon, but that tastes delicious, like a piece of candy. I don't really like watermelon, so mm-hmm. I won't be trying that. <laughs> um, this is a – it tastes sweeter than ginger ale would, which is interesting I because I felt like it was going to be less sweet, but it's delicious. I want to use this as a mixer. <laughs> That's what I thought because when I first <laughs> tried that flavor, I think like just a couple weeks ago because I'm not really a ginger ale girly. So I was like, I'll try it. And yeah, I was like, this is actually sweeter than ginger ale actual, but it's good. So. Yeah, I like it. I kind of I always wish that these were a little more carbonated, which I know it's not soda, but I really want it to be. They could yes, do a little agreed. more of that. Yeah, that's like my singular complaint about both Olipop and Poppy is I'm like, it is kind of still giving juice. I know yes, that it's yes. not soda, but still. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I want this in like the LaCroix carbonation because LaCroix, Literally, like, one thing they do me. correctly is it hurts going down every time oh, I it love hurts. it. I love how carbonated mm-hmm. they are. Mm-hmm. With my soda stream, yes. I literally, I press that thing a million times and it's only supposed to be like twice. I'm like, get that thing with all the bubbles. Burn me. Burn me. <laughs> okay, guys. Well, we're going to jump right in. Jesse, give us a little background. Why are you here today? What gives you the right to come on and talk about this with us? Oh, my God. No, literally, like, who gave me the right? No. <laughs> Hi, everyone listening. My name is Jesse. I am the founder of First Rodeo Creative and newly minted podcast host. I've joined the club with the girls' help. Honestly, they've they've really lit the way for me because I have no clue what I'm doing. Um, I just started my own podcast called Lucky Stars. Um, but First Rodeo Creative is my little – I always, like, go to call it, like, studio, but it's literally just me. Um, but I do brand strategy and brand messaging for women-led businesses. And I've been in business for officially almost a year now, but I've been in the freelance game for a little over two years now. So, and I met the girlies through social media. Actually, we connected through a previous client or a previous client of mine and we've just clicked ever since. So yeah. Yes. I love that. Okay. Can you tell us what you were doing before and how did you get to be doing freelance business? Yeah. So I actually worked in the fitness industry. It was like kind of a random pivot, but I, right out of college, I graduated during COVID. So like 
lovely job market to enter. (laughs) And I was like, okay, well, I have a lot of free time, obviously, like, had been working out a lot during the pandemic, because I had nothing better to do. Um, And towards like the end of like, big, big lockdown, like the gyms were starting to open up. And like, that was like, kind of my one outlet, I guess. So I was very much, I went through like a Gymshark girly era for being completely honest, like I was in the gym, like every day. Um, And I was like, you know, what? this is actually kind of fun. So I got my um, group fitness instructor certification. And I went to an Orange Theory class, like pretty shortly after moving to Virginia, I moved there for my husband's job. And we'll talk about him in a little bit. But um, I moved there and I like started taking workout classes just to kind of like find, you know, people like it's hard making friends in your 20s. So I was like, the girlies are at Orange Theory. Let me try. (laughs) So I went and it was so much fun. And I was like, you know, like, because I have this certification, like this could be kind of cool. So I just asked, like I, and that's kind of like the moral of every story we'll probably talk about today is I just asked and it ended up working out, but I asked if they had any coaching positions available and they were like, yeah, like actually this is the process for becoming a coach and we are hiring. Like we just had somebody move. So we would love to, you know, have you go through the tryout process. Mm -hmm. So I did that and surprise, I was like, got the job. So I worked there for a little bit. Um, and then we moved down to North Carolina. I was there for about a year and then we moved down to North Carolina and I just, I left group fitness and just did personal training and I was taking my own clients. And obviously like when you are taking your own clients, you have to promote yourself pretty heavily. And so obviously I use social media and that's kind of what introduced like my foray into social media is I had so much fun creating content for myself and like figuring out the best way to market myself. And like, I learned a lot about sales working at a fitness franchise, like, because a big part of the coach's job is to like sell to new people. So kind of combining that sales aspect. And then the fact that I like love the creative side of things, I'm just inherently a creative person. I was like, social media is kind of cool. So I started doing the gym social media. And then I was like, there, I got to a point after quite a while where I was like, I think I like social media more than I like fitness. Like, I think I'm, I'm spending more of my time making these posts than I am actually like doing the workouts for the posts. So that was kind of when I, you know, took, took the sign for myself to pivot to something different. So that's kind of how I got into it. But I've always been in like, I guess like more gig work. I never have had like a corporate job or anything like that. I've just been kind of cartwheeling from job to job, seeing what happens. And now we're here. (laughs) I'm jealous. Yeah. (laughs) Same. (laughs) No, but I see my friends with corporate jobs and I'm like, the structure. <laughs> like, I, I would love such a thing. <laughs> yeah. It's like, it's fake structure. It Some is. days when the, you have a really structured day, you get home and you're like, wow, that was a good one. Yeah. <laughs> that was Seriously. great. <laughs> I love that you like stumbled upon this by like, where can I like meet friends? Like the girlies are at Orange Theory because they are. Like, they are. Uh, people are like, oh, where do you meet single men? Like this bar, that bar. Where do you meet single girlfriends? The workout classes. That yeah. is yeah. where they are. Mm-hmm. Literally. Like, they're getting themselves right. Check out your local Seriously. Well, because like every cool lifestyle girly, like her little lifestyle vlogs on TikTok, they're always going to a Pilates class. They're always mm-hmm. going to a workout class of some sort. So I was like, and I had never really done workout classes at that point. I was like, I am complete. Like I've never lived in this place before. I don't know anybody. Like I had just graduated college. So like the built-in friends are gone. Like I don't have them anymore. So I was like, let's just go where I know people are like are going. So I was like, I love to work out and like, it's a community ish kind of aspect. So I went and yeah, like I, so it's funny. Cause like so many of the people that I like connected with on Instagram, like most of them came from either like friends of friends or like actual people that I met at the gym still to this day. So I love how 
how that works out. Do you feel like your friends that you've made via social media, like, does it ever come out of social media? Like, you have the friends that you connect with. Like, I have people that I have followed for years and years, and I respond to their shit all the time as if, like, we are personal friends. (laughs) We'll probably never meet in person, but, like, we respond to each other constantly. Yes. Like, do you ever get to come out of the phone? Yeah, so I actually just last week had like one of my first like internet friendship IRL meetups. And it was so funny because the conversation flowed so naturally. Cause like you said, like we're constantly replying to each other's stories. Like, I know everything about this girl, have never met her in real life, never once. And we finally <laughs> met last week. Um, and actually coming up like in a couple of weeks, I have a few like other creative entrepreneur girlies that I've connected with. And we're having an IRL meetup, like the group chat's finally coming to life. But it's definitely not like, it's, this is like the first time. And I feel like in like the post COVID era, everybody's kind of pushing like the in-person meetups a little bit more. Um, but yeah, I have friends that I like just from like working in this space have connected with so many random people, like in other countries and like places and people that I never would have thought to be connected with. And now I'm like besties with them on Instagram. Um, so yeah, I have had a few or like one actual, and then next week, a few more like come to life, but it is so funny because there are people that I'll just like wake up, like you have like your go-to stories that you watch every morning. And I'm like, these are my people. These are my best friends. Meanwhile, we've, we've never met. Like, I I don't even know where they live. Most of them, but like, we're best friends. (laughs) That is so funny. That's literally me with you. I like wake up. I'm like, what kind of coffee is Jessie making this morning? Like, let's tap in. Let's see what kind of treat she's having. I need to know before I can start my day. Yes, exactly. And that's 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 on building a personal brand. Honestly, <laughs> you post a coffee every single morning, Jessie. I do every that's day. So cute. Yeah, it keeps me accountable. So if like if anybody's listening and is trying to figure out how to like get into social media, like building habit of content creation, like having those anchors is major. So like, what are things that you're already doing in your routine that you can use for your quote unquote personal brand? And like, I have coffee every day, so I might as well take a picture of it. And I like start my day with that story. I say like happy whatever day it is, and that's kind of me like clocking in, clocking in for the day to socials, yeah. and then people will respond and. It like starts conversations. And then also for me, it's just like an accountability thing. Like I know that if I don't post much else today, I've at least posted like some snippets from my morning routine. And then people, like you said, like people connect with that. So that's honestly like such a small, simple thing, but genius. It makes such a difference. Like when I, like I'll do, I have like my morning coffee that I always post a picture of when I take the pups for a walk. I always post a picture of like either our view or like their little paws walking. (laughs) I usually post like when I'm reading or like I love reality TV, so I stay posting like when I'm watching The Real Housewives. And then I'll post like any projects that I'm working on too. I'll share that obviously because like mm-hmm. got got to build the biz. <laughs> so many relatable things. Yes. Okay. I want to get into – tell us a little bit about like what brand strategy is and like what your like messaging for your clients looks like. Um, we'll like start there. And then I have, of okay. course, we have follow-up questions. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. So brand strategy, it's funny because like I said, I kind of started my foray into the freelance world as a social media manager. So I worked for the gym that I was working at as a trainer, managing their account. And then other brands started approaching me, local businesses. And then I kind of just built from there. Um, because any business in the modern era, like their solution to most problems, they, at least from their perspective, is building a social media presence. And to some extent, like I do agree, like if you want your business to be viable, being on social media will help. But I was noticing that so many people, they didn't really have a social media problem. They had a brand problem. And by that, I mean, they didn't have like clarity when it came to things like their mission, their vision, their values, like the go-to things that like every business should have, 
But even though every business should have them, those usually like live and ultimately stay in the head of the founder. They don't get communicated out into the world. And if you don't have clarity on those things or you don't have a team that's aligned on those things, your social media presence just is kind of, it's flop. Like it's just not happening because it's like, you're clearly posting to sell. You're not really posting with the intention of connecting with your audience, right? So as I continued to work on social media management, I was like, something's got to give here because I'm getting all of these clients who like their business from the front seems really cool and they have really cool products or they have really cool services, but they're just kind of lacking like the bridge between what they do and who they help, like the how kind of gets lost. The how and the why is getting lost. So that's why I ultimately made the pivot to brand strategy and messaging. And I did that in about October. So it's only been like six months now, but it's really made like all the difference in the connections that I've made with clients because a brand strategy is applicable in so much more than your social media content. It's applicable in like the way that your brand identity looks. So how you want your brand to feel is like reflected in how your brand looks and how your, your brand interacts with your ideal customer and all the different channels that you present in the world. So that's email, print, out of home marketing, all that good stuff. Um, but really what it entails is, like I said, we get clear on that mission, vision, values, your ideal customer. We do competitor analysis. So like in y'all's case, we looked at other podcasts that were doing similar things that have similar demographics and kind of figuring out like, okay, what are they doing that we're not doing? What are we doing that they're not doing? And trying to find that middle ground that sets that brand apart from their competitors. And then we get into the messaging. So that's kind of the fun part because it's how you communicate your brand voice because There are some brands that have like a really cold corporate feel and they just like don't really want to be approachable because they're those bigger legacy brands. They don't need to be approachable. But then you have a lot of small businesses that like in order to stand out in their business and in order to stand out to investors and new customers and things like that, they want to have that personal connection. And that's where the voice comes in. So we figure out like the do's and don'ts when writing emails and when writing captions, do this, don't say this, do use this language, don't use this language, all that sort of thing. Um, it's like a very big picture like process. It ends up being like 40 something slides for most clients. Um, and then once we finish that, the client stays on for like an implementation phase. So once they start working on emails and content and any other like real life applications of their brand, I'm there to kind of figure out, okay, are we using the brand right? Are we using the messaging right? Does it sound like it's coming from the right, you know, point of view, all that, all that good stuff. That's so interesting. That's all the way down to like the email set and the language you're using in your emails. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's all in the details. (laughs) Well, it's like, it's a really good point because I feel like you make a good point of like, it lives in your head, right? And you have so many ideas. If you're at the point where you're starting a business or you're trying to start a business, like you already have curated so many ideas and Mm -hmm. like what you want it to look like, but the actual implementation, like pen to paper, post to the feed is so hard. Like it's so hard to make sure that you're curating the content in the way that you're like that you envision it. Mm -hmm. I feel like a million times when I was chatting with you and you're like getting it ready for us. I'm like, well, in my head, like I'm well in my head. Yeah, this is what I'm thinking. (laughs) Like help me bring it to life. And you don't realize that like it's actually so helpful to have someone else digest your thoughts for you and then Mm -hmm. spit back. Usually in, in our case, it's exactly what I was envisioning. 
I just like my jumbled thoughts were not being put down correctly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. And that's like why most people like come to me is they're like, I know what I want to say, but I don't know how to say it. Or like, I'm so a lot of founders have this problem where they're so bogged down in like the business tasks that they don't have time to focus on like the fun, creative reason that they started the business in the first place. So by working with me, they get to kind of tap into that. And it's also like, like kind of serves a dual purpose to them because it reminds them like why they're doing this in the first place. Like, because as you guys know, like when you get bogged down in like the logistics of trying to make something happen, you're like, why am I even doing this? So like when you have it all written out for you by someone who's not as attached to the process, it's like, oh my gosh, like, wait, like you're reading your own strategy and you're like, wait, like I'm a genius. Like, this is so cool. So it's kind of like, it serves like a dual purpose because a lot of founders like will finish the project and they're like, this makes me so excited. Like I'm so excited to keep working and evolving and like launching new things using this because I was like so bogged down when we first started. And now it's like, it's all, I'm reminded of why I'm here in the first place, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. Yes. And reading the slides that you gave us, Jesse, you do make us sound like creative geniuses, but you are the creative <laughs> genius. Yeah, actually. <laughs> you. you made us sound way cooler than I feel like we thought we were. Yeah. So that's a talent. I think you're very talented oh, in that thank way. Thank you. Thank yes. you. No, but you guys you like found your passion. is so fun. Yeah. You really found your passion and made it a career. So that's the coolest thing. Thank you. Okay. So when you're starting, so if I feel like if anybody's listening to this and you're like, oh, I can, you know, this is something I've thought about. Maybe I should, I should start. And I will say like, I don't think that everybody should follow your passions. Yes. But it's not (laughs) as glamorous as it seems to put yourself on the internet, to start building a business, to start curating a following, because that's really what it is when you're, you're promoting yourself and your business on social media, the followers Mm -hmm. matter. So as much as you want to just throw content out and see what sticks and like not care who's seeing it. It Mm. matters who's seeing it. Yeah. And that's really hard. So when you are starting, what's your recommendation to one, not get like tied up in that idea? Everybody knows about the 200 views jail. You know, like how do you not get discouraged? Because the beginning Mm -hmm. stages are going to be hard and then one day you're, they're just not going to be hard anymore. Yeah. Um, so what's your like your advice to not be discouraged by the immediate struggles when you launch? Yeah. Yeah. I feel like social media, like, like I said, it's kind of a necessary evil to running a business because like you want your business to grow. So you need to be on it, but also by being on it, you're comparing yourself to other businesses in your industry. And you're just like, also just seeing some people blow up overnight for the most pointless shit. And you're like, Oh my God, like I put so much effort into this video. And like you said, like I'm stuck in 200 views jail, no matter what I try. So it's just like, I, started and this is this is still like a work in progress for me even because like it's human nature to want to be liked and to be seen by people and you get on social media you get on these apps and their algorithms are made to keep you coming back so if you go viral instantly like you're probably not going to keep coming back like you got the dopamine hit and now you're out so they keep you wanting more they keep you in that 200 views jail with the intention that you'll stay on the app longer and it's like I'm just a cog in this like little machine and like you have to remember that and it's so hard. So like I said, this is still a work in progress for me, but I have just like realized, like I said, it all comes back to like the why, the reason that you're in your business. And I know that sounds so cheesy, but it's like the reason that I'm in my business is to help women led businesses, you know, connect with their ideal audiences and feel like truly 
rooted and aligned with what they're doing. And like you said, attracting the right people, because if some random person watches my content and one isn't going to work with me, two isn't connecting with my content, it's kind of like, what's the point? Like a view is a view, but also is it like that doesn't really do much for me. So remembering that like not all your content's going to do well, not everybody's going to see it, but having that in mind, like if the, are your people seeing it and when they do, like, is it going to connect with them? Like a lot of people get in a phase where they're just kind of like, whatever, I'll just post and see what works and see what happens and then just keep evolving. And that is fine, but does it relate to your services or your product or whatever type of business you are? Does it relate to or speak to your ideal audience? Like who is your ideal client? If they see this, is it going to connect with them or are they just going to keep scrolling? Because if you're chasing the vanity of going viral and not chasing the connection with your customer, like you're the fool at the end of the day, because it's just like, you're just wasting your time. And it's just, it's not really doing anything for anyone. So just reminding yourself that like, it's a numbers game. The apps are not there to like make you feel good about yourself. They're there to keep you on the app. So you not every video is going to hit. Not everybody, not every post is going to hit. Like I recently have kind of plateaued with followers. Like you said, there's one moment where it clicks and you just like skyrocket and then it flatlines and you're like, Oh my God, like, am I screaming into the abyss? Like what's going on? But at the same time, Sure, only a handful of people are replying to my stories when it used to be like a huge amount of people. But that handful of people that's replying, like I really value their connections. They're either past clients or potential future clients whose connection I really value or people who I really look up to or friends who've been supporting me forever. Like the replies that I am getting are are really important to me. And the videos that I've been posting aren't doing as well as they used to. Like there was a while when I was like, okay, every video is doing well. Like check in the box, check in the box. Like life is good. And now I'm kind of like Floptina, like flatlined at the same amount of views for every reel. And I'm like, okay, what's the deal? But (laughs) I'm still getting inquiries and people are still like asking about working with me. So it's just like, do I really care about the numbers or do I really care about my business? Because social media is not your business at the end of the day. It helps. It's a tool. And like I said, necessary evil, but I really care about the success and like the bottom line of my business. And that sounds so like entrepreneur, like hustle culture, but it's true. Like, yes, follow your passion. But if your passion is the business, stop worrying so much about social media because it's, it's not that serious. (laughs) That's like, I feel like I want to get that like engraved in my brain. Literally, (laughs) There's no rhyme or reason of why anything blows up. It's like everyone wants to know the trick. You could Google for hours, like, how can I make myself blow up? And it's like, mm-hmm. it's kind of just the exactly. Of the it really is. Yeah. And there's can like just- people who have made a whole career off of being like social media coaches or like a lot of yes. social media managers, even who are like, this is how you go viral. This is how you blow up. This is how you XYZ. And it's just like, do you know that? Because Instagram's not giving out that information. So I know that it can't be true. <laughs> I like when I'm I spend a lot of time on social media because I of course like when you are promoting something on social media you have to know what's 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 hot what's trending what are people responding to um and I literally want to pull my hair out when I come across these TikToks and they're like I grew this account to 30,000 followers in 30 days and this is yeah it's like it's it's because you're telling people how to grow an account so people Mm -hmm. are following that but the only content is how to grow an account and you you only have followers because you're telling people that you have a secret that you don't. 
Right. And it's like, and then what? It's just repetition, repetition. It's the same video over and over again. But people are so they want something tangible to grasp about, okay, I need to do this. Mm-hmm. And so of course they're gonna t- like tap in. Yeah. It's yeah. A vicious cycle. And I feel like like the like the word community is such a buzzword right now, but it's true. Like, are you posting to grow your following or are you posting to grow your community? Because those are two different two different things. Like posting to grow your following, like you said, you can post a bajillion videos a day, every day for 30 days, and then be like, oh my God, I blew up to however many followers in 30 days. And it's like, well, because you've been posting every day for 30 days that you're trying to post every day for 30 days. And like me as a follower, that's not giving me anything. It's not making me laugh. I'm not really learning anything. I don't feel like seen, heard. Like we all have like our comfort followers, you know, like this definitely isn't that. So it's like when you post something, is it with the intention to connect or is it with the intention to blow up? Because if your intention is to blow up, that's probably like that's a you think <laughs> like if that if that fills your cup I'm happy for you but it's like if you're not really posting with the intention of like true authentic connection oh my god like so many buzzwords so sorry but it's true like it's true. if you don't care yeah. about connecting then you're probably you might grow a following but you're not going to keep it like those people are going to run off after a while because you're not posting anything that like makes it worth their while mm-hmm and those are the people. I mean, we literally made an episode about this. Like our favorite influencers, the ones that are most authentic and are just like the exactly. realest on their page. Yeah. So that's a great Exactly. Point. Yeah. We always talk <laughs> about the comments that we get. And like you've heard us say this a million times. The Our whole purpose is to like have a relatable community where people come and just be normal and relatable mm-hmm. and live their mundane nine to five lives and don't feel like it's mundane. Like that's what we yeah. want. And so we've said that to you a hundred times. So when people comment on our just like random conversations and join the conversation, I literally, it's like a hit of dopamine. I am so giddy over the one comment. I'm like, that makes it worth it. Some random person finds your video on their for you page and they're like, oh my God, like just we'll comment. I'm like, oh my God, how did you find this? Like, I'm so happy you loved it. We're best friends. Like this is the best day of my life. (laughs) Yeah. Like, welcome here. Come back. Yeah. It's literally like they're – I feel like they're talking to us personally and like they're literally just typing and going on with their day and I'm like, oh right. my god, I'm so happy you're here. <laughs> yeah, and like that's – like you were saying, like that's really the dopamine hit that like we should all be like striving for is that connection or that response rather than like the views or the followers or like those type of metrics aren't really community-oriented metrics where comments and even shares, like people sending the video to their friends because like – inherently like you did start a conversation like if I sent your if I sent your TikTok to a friend that means that shit was funny (laughs) so (laughs) that means you did start a conversation so just looking at at it as like a and my friend Katie Creative Co shout out she talks about this all the time like creating conversations in your content rather than just creating flat content for the purpose of like just posting to post like what conversations are you starting and continuing every time you post and that comes back to like you said I know you were saying like oh you've heard us say this a million times but that's good like that means you guys are rooted in like that purpose and you know what you're doing and you know why you're doing this and so many businesses like they start with like okay like we got to be on TikTok we got to be on Instagram but it's like well do you even know like why you're in your business like before before we make a reel let's ask ourselves like <laughs> what's the mission what are the vision what's the vision what are the values cuz if you like scroll back on my content like on the first radio account don't but if you do like <laughs> my very first post like one of my first three posts was like the mission the vision the values like 
this is a small business, but I know what I'm about because I was like, no one's going to see this, but it's like, this is how I want to like guide people in my business. So I better start, you know, as an example and like know what I'm about. So I got super clear on those three things and then how I implemented them before I even had like real clients. Because I was like, if I don't have this, then like down the line, even if I do have like really good clients, it's all going to start to crumble because there's not that foundation in place. We actually, we took a page from your book, book that you prepared for us. And <laughs> I, we sent a brand email to um, a beverage company, which you guys will hear about soon. We're excited. Um, and I literally said at the end, I'm like, here's a link to our socials. And I, I said, she's small, but she's working. I'm like, we yes. can acknowledge that mm-hmm. you're probably taking a chance on working with a, a brand that has a small presence and is in its growing stages, but I'm acknowledging that and I'm still grinding about it. So let's, let's, you know, grow together. Like you can, Mm -hmm. you can be on our tails as we continue. And Mm -hmm. the person there, their marketing team responded to us and she was like, I, I love the growth. I love the authenticity of this brand. And we're so excited Mm -hmm. to work with you. And I'm like, of course I, we're not, ever underselling ourselves ever like she's small but she is working but I think acknowledging that we are in the growth stages and this just can be a mutual growth partnership is really beneficial like knowing where you are and where you're going and how you communicate it too because like you said like she's small but she's growing or she's grinding whatever you said like that sounds like something you would say like it doesn't sound like a prepackaged like templated email that you pitch to like a hundred different people like it sounds like a real person who is trying to grow this brand wrote this email and like wants to connect with whoever's on the receiving end and I think that that's like so important because if you are that type of person that's just cut copy paste change the brand name send like what's the point? You know, like it's, Mm -hmm. it just feels, I don't know. It just feels practiced and you don't want to feel that way. You want to feel like you are in your business and speaking from the heart directly. So I'm sure that whoever was on the receiving end of that email was like, Oh my God, like she probably actually wrote this and not just like, (laughs) I'm not one of 50, you know, brands receiving the same exact email. Right. Okay. Jesse, I have a question. If someone some Joe Schmo came up to you at a coffee shop and was like, I want to get in the creative world, build my brand. And they had their like vision and mission and what they wanted. Like what would be your advice to them? Like to get into it and get after it. Yeah. Step one. Yeah. Yeah. Like if they were a service provider specifically, like trying to do like social media or something like that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I feel like I would. So yeah, like you said, assuming they already had kind of the foundation in place, just like start talking to people. Like the only way to connect with future clients is to get in front of them. Like nobody's looking for you when you first start. Like nobody's Googling my name, trying to work with me (laughs) because like I had such a small account. Like I wasn't really working with anybody notable or like, you know, I didn't have a website at the time either. So I would say step one, before you even focus on logo or website or anything, and those are all worthwhile investments down the line, but just like start networking, like build your network and keep growing it. Like I was following, I initially started following like a lot of local businesses just to kind of have like in-person connections and figure out like, you know, to be able to have those conversations, like, how are you doing this? Even if it wasn't in like the entrepreneur or creative entrepreneur space, like whatever they were doing, like 
you can learn from everyone, especially when you're first starting a business. Like there's always lessons to be learned. So getting in front of people, asking questions, whether that's via email, I, most of mine were like via DMs, like, Hey, like I just started this business and I know that you're in like a city, like pretty close to me. Like I would love to come like grab coffee, connect with you, whatever. Or if they're an online business, I did this like so many times. I literally, if somebody hacked my Instagram tomorrow and scrolled to like the depths of my DMs, I would be so embarrassed because I like cold DM'd so many people. And I know that cold DMing is kind of like, some people love it, some people hate it. But I think if you're doing it properly, like I said, if you're speaking like a normal person, talking to brands that you actually care about or like other business owners, whoever that you are actually like interested in learning from, that's really well received. So I started just DMing other social media managers, brand designers, copywriters, anybody with like a creative business. And I was like, Hey, like just starting out, like, I love your content. I love X, Y, Z part of like your message because every brand has like their thing. So really complimenting, gassing them up in terms of like what their thing is and acknowledging that you really look up to them for that. And then just keeping those conversations going. Like I said, like I I'm meeting up with a bunch of my friends next week that I've met through Instagram. And like half of them were people that I was a fan of like this time last year that I was like, Oh my gosh, like I love the way that she does her business. Like it's really cool. And now we're friends and like I've referred my clients to them. They've referred clients to me. So just like building those connections. And I mean, who knows, like some, uh, one of my like best clients today, shout out Ron Rebellious. That's how I found you guys. <laughs> like mm-hmm. I found her or like we connected through Instagram. I cold DM'd her. I saw the opportunity. She was like talking about how she was overwhelmed with social media. And I said, put me in. I'm in. I'm ready. <laughs> and that's a brand that I had been following for years. Like I've, I bought shit from her when I was in college, like, and her and I are very similar. So when I reached out to her, I was just like, Hey, like, it wasn't like a, Hey girl boss. Like it was just an authentic, like, Hey, I saw your story. I would love to work with you. And let's talk about it. And we did. And I didn't think she would reply, but like, exactly. You never know. You never know. So just reach out to anyone. And then once you start building that network, then you can start focusing on things like logo and website because your client list is starting to build itself out or your at least your referral network is building itself out. And then you can start focusing on like the, the real world facing things. But if you don't have clients, like who's paying for the website? Right. (laughs) I always see brands like first starting out and doing like, huge investments in like brand identity and logo and things like that. And I mean, I did that, but I was several months since my business had like a sustainable amount of income to where it made sense investing in things like that. But if you want it done well, it's going to be an investment. So I would say focus on like the lower lift things that you can do yourself and then build from there. Mm -hmm. Okay. With that, that's a really good point. And we have gone through this We've gone back and forth about a hundred times on what we are comfortable spending money on and what we're not because we are slowly, slowly monetizing, but this is like hobby turned passion project turned side gig, hopefully. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we have spent money for sure. But the only thing that we've really invested in is our equipment. So, and we mm-hmm. started off, like if you were to go to our first episode, don't, but if yeah. you did, <laughs> do not. If you did, it sounds like we're literally like recording in an orb. Like our mics were ass, but we're like, we're spending $20 on mics. Mm-hmm. We're going to use a free software and we're going to see if we can sit down and do this. See if we like mm-hmm. it. See it because it's it was great in theory. Mm-hmm. But it's like, what if we sat down and we were so snooze fest? Like, right. yeah. absolutely not. Like, what if we actually don't have anything to say? <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. What if we're a lot more boring than we think we are? Um, we're not, obviously. <laughs> Hope not. Um, but so we, it took us like a probably – four or five episodes, so like a month and a half. And then we're like, okay, 
we're serious about this. We're committed. And it was like a promise to each other that we are not going to give up. So mm-hmm. then we spent the money on good equipment. Thank God. And that's pretty <laughs> much the only thing we've spent money on so far. We have found cheap ways to do pretty much everything mm-hmm. on our own. And that's like, we're literally just like a two-man show. Plus, Jesse, thank God for our brand strategy. <laughs> thank God. <laughs> um, but we, like we do all of our own production, all of our own video. So where do you think is a good place to spend money when you're brand new and where you should figure out alternative ways to make it work? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, first of all, hats off to you guys for being a two-man show. Like the production value, I mean, I've witnessed it like slowly over time, just like improve gradually and like obsess. And I mean, that's entrepreneurship, right? Like unless you are, you know, born into a family that is privileged or you have some level of access within this world, like you're going to be bootstrapping, like you're going to be figuring it out and you're going to be figuring out ways to do things for free or finding ways to collaborate for free. Like there's just, there's not a lot of wiggle room because you're not making any money. So I think that's one, like a hard realization that people come to because they have this idea. And then like, it's so like bright and shiny and exciting. Like, oh my God, I have this idea. And then you're like, hold on. <laughs> like <laughs> podcast mics are like $300 and a camera is another $700 and it's just like the price starts adding up. So and that's just in the case of like podcasting but that applies to any industry like especially if you want to get into like consumer packaged goods or any sort of like product facing business like hello minimums like that's really expensive. So starting a business bottom line is not cheap. So I think in terms of like what is worth investing in obviously the necessities. So in your case like the equipment or if you're a product based business like you have to have like your order order minimums and investing in like high quality there. The necessities that you need to keep your business running. So for me, I had a laptop, so I was good to go. <laughs> and then from there I was just kind of like like practice as I went kind of thing. And then I started investing in, like I paid for a domain name, just like very small things that started to make me feel like a quote unquote real business, like paying for my LLC, like becoming a legitimate business was probably an important thing that I needed to do. And then just like things like that. And then once it comes to like website and brand, and I know I keep like harping back to those things, but it's because every business that I've like ever worked with has been like, you know, at some point or another has asked about a logo if they're not like super familiar with what I do. And I'm like, first of all, not a designer. Second of all, like a logo is not going to do for your business what you think it's going to do. I do think that brand identity is a huge investment that is hugely worthwhile because if you saw my Instagram when I first started it, garbage, literal trash, Floptina. Like she had Canva Pro in a dream. Okay. Like I did not know what I was doing. I was making my own little logos. I was picking fonts because I thought they were pretty. Meanwhile, I'm like trying to market myself as a social media manager. Girl, get a grip. (laughs) (laughs) But eventually, like as I refined my services and figured out what I wanted to do and like retained clients and had enough steady income, I was like, okay, it's time. So luckily one of my really good friends is a brand designer. She actually did the brand design for my personal training business. So I had like a proof of concept that she understood like what I was going for. And she's the one who did first rodeo creative, like as it exists right now. So like the blues and the orange and like all the little cowboy hats and all that stuff that I have, like she's the one who kind of brought that to life. And that was like a majorly worthwhile investment because if done right, like you'll never have to do it again. You might have to refine like as trends change or as you change, but that like visual identity, like what people think of, like visually when they think of your brand is hugely important. And then from there, it's just like continuing to refine. So do you actually need a website or do you want one because everybody else has one? 
important question. Do you want a five page website or do you want one? Cause you think that's what you need. Maybe you just need like a one page landing page, like inquire or one link out to a product. If you only have two products, you probably don't need five pages of a website. Like just kind of figuring out, like you said, the lowest amount of things that you can pay for <laughs> in the early days just makes the most sense. And then again, like I said, with that network, as you continue to build out and connect with people, you might find service providers or connections within whatever industry you're in that just like connect you to the right place, right people, right time. And, you know, having a connection is good because you might be able to get like a little discount or something like that. So it's just, it's all like asking yourself, one, do I really want this? Or is everybody else doing it? And two, like, am I buying this or am I investing in this because I feel like I need it? Or is this person actually really qualified to do the service that I need from them? And that's coming from a service provider's perspective. Not everybody needs to work with me and that's fine. Like no hard feelings, but just like really asking like, do I need to invest in sometimes this over thousands of dollars service or am I good to like DIY until I have a little bit of growth, a little bit of proof of concept, and then kind of investing in something that's going to be worth my while long-term. Mm-hmm. We're all about the DIYing. We turn all on our selfie late. I'm telling you, Canva Pro, on. that's a worthwhile investment, yes, $7 bro. a month. <laughs> no, it so is. Yeah. The apps that are like, oh, you can pay. And then whenever there's an annual, I'm like, okay, so I pay for it once and then it's free for the rest of the, the rest of the Literally, year. And it's like right. 10% off. You're like, oh my gosh, so it's cheaper. Yeah. Like, so I'm saving. I'm making money now, actually. Yeah, so exactly. Fabulous. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Okay. I have just a baby shift here. Mm. So we spend a ton of time on social media. We're both promoting ourselves and our brands on social media. What do you do when you're fucking tired of social media? Like there's some mm. days where I'm like, I still show up. I'm still on there. You too. Like we literally have like specific things that we're both assigned to do every day. And some days mm. it's great and fun. And some days I'm like, Fuck. I couldn't agree more. Some days it is fun. Some days I'm like, hee hee, doing what I need to do. Yeah, and other I days I'm like, this. Yeah, I'm like, I can't even open this laptop. Yeah, I'm like literally yeah. cannot do it. But it's a job, right? It's a job that we are voluntarily doing. So mm-hmm. we still need to show up. But the social media can literally be the trenches. And when you have no choice but to be on it, how do we get through that? Yeah, I think the first thing, it's like a mindset thing. Like you said, like treat it like a job, even if it's not making you any money. Like if you want it to make you money, it's a job. So like you're not going to not go to work, even though sometimes I would love to not go to work, but (laughs) (laughs) I got to make money. So starting like shifting your mindset, like if growing on social media or if using social media as a tool to grow your business is your goal, like it's a job now. Like you got, we're clocking in. But the other thing is, is within that, it is your job that you're making for yourself. So you get to make the rules, you get to make the boundaries, you get to decide what showing up on social media looks like. Not the gurus, not the people who claim that like posting five stories a day and posting once a day every day is like going to be the reason you grow. Like, no, what works best for you? So like in your guys's case, you both work full time. So you can't be on stories 24 seven because eight hours of the day, you're working. And then in the evenings, you're recording or you're editing, or you're doing other things for the podcast. So what pockets of time can you find for yourself to post on social media? And then when you are posting, what do those posts look like, right? So if you don't have the time, the energy, whatever kind of capacity to film like a 32 clip day in my life, 
don't like nobody's (laughs) making you do that. But I think setting those boundaries for yourself, like knowing your content types and knowing your content themes and just like how you want to show up on social media in a way that works for you. Cause you're the only person that you're accountable to. Like people might be like, Oh my gosh, I noticed you haven't posted in a while, but maybe for you, that's just like all you have right now. And that's fine. Just first of all, shifting the mindset away from like, Oh my God, like if I don't post, I'm not going to grow. Like, yes, it is a job and this is something you have to do, but you're self-employed in this job and you get to decide what the rules are. So it's kind of like a give and take there being strict enough to remember that this is something you have to do, but you don't have to go 100% full throttle all of the time. Because I did that when I first started, I was like hustling, posting a bajillion times, like literally posting every day, except for Sunday, like 10 story slides a day, whatever, super specific. And it's just like, why? Like, I don't even have that much to talk about. Like, why am I posting this much? <laughs> like, so figuring out what do you have to talk about? What do you enjoy talking about? And how can you kind of dilute that over a few posts, whatever that number is for you throughout the week? And then once you figure it out, like when you're on social media, what are you doing when you're not on social media? Because when it becomes your job, you have to be that much more strict with yourself about the time that you're not on the app because you got to make the most of like not being online. Cause like you said, sometimes you look at your laptop and it's revolting. Like the thought of even opening it and editing a post like makes me sick. I don't want to do this. (laughs) So in your free time, like, put it away, like delete the apps. I can't because I'm logged into other accounts and I'll forget the passwords. But if you're just running your own account, like delete the app for the weekend or set and follow, set and follow your screen time limits. Like if you get the notification that your Instagram time is up, time's up, put the phone away. (laughs) Like we get mad at ourselves for like, oh my God, I'm on social media all the time as if we can just like put the phone down. And I'm talking to myself too, because I'll be like in a TikTok hole And I'm like, oh my God, I can feel my brain rotting as if like, it's not my thumb doing the scrolling, (laughs) Yes. but just being like so strict about like, okay, you know, Sundays, whatever, like during the day I do my Sunday reset, I clean my apartment and I'm not on my phone or that. Cause that's usually just what it is for me is like the weekends are the only time that I'm not really on my phone. Or like if I make plans with friends, like no phone zone, put the phone away. Like we're hanging out, like just being really like as involved as you are in when you're on social media, being as involved with your life when you're not on social media, I think was a huge game changer for me. And just like not hating social media as much, like realizing I don't have to be on it on it all the time. And when I am on it, like it's up to me how I do it, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, that makes a ton of sense. Yeah, you're getting my gears turning. I feel like I'm like speechless right now. I'm like, oh, she's making some good points. <laughs> I know. And Micah's good about this. We always joke that I have to send her things on Instagram.com because she doesn't have the apps. She's like, have you checked Instagram.com today? I'm like, no, I have not checked my .com. I'm and obsessed. I try to be like really cognizant of the fact that like she does not want to be on the apps. And so like we have a we have a very good business partner split because I live on the apps. Mm-hmm. I love them. Yeah. She hates them. So she does, she gets on social media and does what she is like required to do for our partnership. And then that's it. And like, so I'm tried, I always try to be cognizant of like her time on the app. So like, so I'll like, I'll send her something and I just wait patiently a day or two until she gets back to me about it. I'm like, that was really funny, but like, whatever. Sometimes I'm like, oh, it's gone. Yeah. But sometimes (laughs) I'm like, I need to get on .com right now, right now. Right now. No, I love that. And that's like a perfect example. Like she knows when she's on it and she knows when she's not like, I need to be better about that. But yeah, I feel like it just, it makes such a difference. Like if you are truly present in the time that you're not on the app, like 
also the content that you'll create eventually like will be better for it too. Because if you're just scrolling all the time, you're just going to end up whether consciously or unconsciously, like reiterating content that's already been made. Mm-hmm. So it's like, yes. I'm not even saying anything original. I'm just like making something that I saw somebody else make. And wow. now what? That's a great point. These are all OG thoughts right here. Yeah. <laughs> 100% from the dome, baby. <laughs> when I, it's funny because I literally always think about that. Like when we'll have conversations and sometimes I think they're all fucking hilarious. But sometimes I'm like, are these unique experiences? Like, are we all living the same thing? And then I'll see yes. someone post something and I'm like, wow, I thought that was just me. But I'm like, if I were to tell that story, I would tell it completely different. So like Mm -hmm. not all of your thoughts are going to be reinventing the wheel and you're so unique and fabulous. Somebody Mm -hmm. else probably had said thought, but iterate it in your own tone, voice and experience. And now it's a unique post. Exactly. And that's why you should work with me because that's what I do. (laughs) (laughs) Period. Get that ad out, girl. (laughs) This podcast is brought to you by First Radio Creative. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you to our sponsors. Let them know. Um, Okay, wait. So now let's shift to Lucky Stars. Let's. Tell us about it. I did listen to your first two episodes. You're so cute and funny. I was just telling Micah, I'm like – I know I need to listen. I feel like – because she's not on the social medias, a lot of her information comes from me regurgitating things to her. And yeah. so I come over and I'm like, okay, this is what I have for you today. And she's like, okay. You just like hold up the phone. You're like, you see this? You see yeah. this? <laughs> yes. Yeah. It's usually a lot of me sending links. I'm like, please just find the time. I'm so <laughs> analog. To see this. I'm like, I don't even know my Instagram password anymore. I'm like, it's blogged out. I'm like, I have to reset my password and I can't. Love, love. But I was telling her that she has a – it's funny because we host a podcast, but she kind of has like a specific podcast niche that she likes. And I'm like, we already love Jesse, but you're going to love Lucky Stars. <laughs> it's exactly her type. So tell us – also, I love the name. But tell us mm-hmm. how you came up with that and what your what's your point? Yeah. Amazing question, here? first of all. <laughs> <laughs> no, so I have wanted to podca- start a podcast for like ever because I I love a podcast. Like it's probably like my most consumed medium. Like I always have headphones in. One thing about me, we're not talking. I have headphones in. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm at the grocery store, headphones in. If I'm driving, no headphones, but the podcast is on. Like my Spotify wrapped is like the five songs I happens to listen to. And then the podcast data is like way more accurate. But I'm just like, I love that medium. I feel like I just, I'm ADD. So it just like connects the most with my brain because I'm able to do other things while listening, but your girl can gab. So I love sock. So I was like, well, obviously I should start a podcast, but like we were talking about earlier, I was always just kind of like, do I really have anything to say? Like, do I really like, do I need a podcast or does everybody else have a podcast? And obviously like in the last five years, the medium has like blown the fuck up. Like everybody has podcasts. So I kind of like pulled back from the dream because I was like, what am I doing? Especially when I was a trainer, like I didn't really have like a platform. So it didn't really make any sense. But once I got into the social media space and then just like more generally the creative space, like I was having conversations with different entrepreneurs or different founders in different industries that had come to work with me. And I was just having so many like unique conversations. This sounds like so like no shit, but like everybody just has like such a unique story. And it's so interesting. I love listening to people talk about like why they started their business or why they do what they do, that sort of thing. Um, so that was kind of like my key to like start a podcast. So that was like, okay, like maybe like if I talk about business, that's kind of a unique thing that like only I can talk about the clients that I work with. So why not? And then I was like, well, I feel like if I pigeonhole the podcast into just being like creative entrepreneurs, 
I'm gonna run out of gas really fast. Like, love you guys, love my peers in the industry, but there's only so many of us and there's only so much we all have to talk about. So I feel like I've lived kind of like a bajillion different lives in my 27 years on this earth. Like I moved a bunch growing up because my dad was in the military. And then obviously like college is like a bajillion stories in itself. And then like the post-grad years are another bajillion terrifying stories in themselves. And from working for myself, I've met so many different people. So I have a lot of shit to say and a lot of shit to talk about. So I was like, why don't I just make a podcast that's just like about like anything, like it's literally, it's mine. So why do I, like nobody's going to listen in the first like few episodes anyway. So I might as well just like make it about whatever I feel like talking about. And I love like manifestation and the concept of like luck, like lucky girl syndrome and things like that, because I am like very much like, I believe that everything I have or everything I do with my work I've gotten because I like had the courage to ask for it, AKA like making your own luck. So I was like, how can I kind of make that into a podcast because a lot of like entrepreneurs that are maybe a few stages behind me commonly ask like, how did you do this? Like, how did you get started? And it's just like, girl, I just went and did it. Like crossed my fingers and hope for the best. <laughs> like, So the podcast is really rooted in that is like in all the different areas of my life, like how have I made it happen? How have I made it my own? How have I made my own luck to like make this situation work out for me the best that I could? So obviously there's only two episodes out right now and they're both solos, but I really want to have on more guests and just like continue to have conversations about like my perspective and approach to life. One, it's not that fucking serious and like how I apply that to like the different realms of my life and business and personally. And then just like, having guests on who are like down to talk about like if they started their own business, like how'd you make that happen? Cause I know that wasn't easy. Or if you work like a corporate nine to five job, like how are you carving out like a life of your own within the life that like you kind of have to have because you work, you know, a nine to five. So just talking to people, having conversations about like making your own luck and like creating the life that you want, like, and how you made that happen, if that makes sense. So the point is there is no point. We're just girls. We're just gabbing. <laughs> literally my favorite type of content to consume yeah, yeah. just girls gabbing absolutely you're so cute yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the gift of the gab she said that's what I have exactly exactly absolutely. okay I literally love that and please remind me I just sparked a little idea for you so I want to tell you about it so don't let me forget okay um and you probably already thought of it but whatever <laughs> <laughs> for thinking I'm a mind reader like no <laughs> The girl does it all. <laughs> okay. In our pure form, we do have to ask you about your personal life. Please. Um, of course. But I also, love the noisiness. I, oh, yeah. No, it's we're going to deep dive. Queen nosies. Um, but I also feel like with your working with people and brands and looking for guests and stuff, you always want to have people that you are comfortable with and that you relate to. We were just last week, we were talking about how we were finding our therapists and now we needed to have like a connection with them and yeah. actually be like somebody we could be friends with. I feel like mm-hmm. that's the same with like business partnerships. Like we don't ever invite somebody on that we wouldn't actually want to talk to because then that conversation totally. would be so stale. Mm-hmm. So... <laughs> Tell us a little bit like about you personally. That way, like whoever's listening, be like, oh yeah, that is my fucking girl. I need to work with her because she's doing yes. well and I love her work. Yes. So give us a little yeah, bit. Yeah, well, if you here. haven't gathered so far, I am a talkative little girly pop. I can't shut the fuck up. First of all. Part two is I am a Taurus. Um, apparently that means I'm like really so stubborn and like like kind of like keep to myself. I don't. 
<laughs> can talk to the wall. <laughs> like, am I very stubborn? Yes. Do I keep to myself? No. <laughs> so that's one thing to know about me. And I know like before we got on, we talked a little bit about like talking about my relationship. So relationship reveal, relationship reveal. I am married. I tell people that it's the most embarrassing and like most shocking fact about me because like, <laughs> first of all, why am I married? Like, that's so weird. Like, no, I think about the fact, like, I love him. We've been together for five years. We've been married for what year is it? Three. We've been married for three years, but I'm just kind of like, why am I like the concept of marriage is so weird. Like, what is that? (laughs) (laughs) So that's something to know about me. And also uh, actually caveat, caveat to the married being the most embarrassing thing about me. He's also in the military. Yeah, you guys can't see me. If you can't see me right now, I'm kind of scowling. (laughs) Yeah, no, we we do forgive you. Thankfully, you're so cool in all your other realms that like we're we're willing to look past this. The way I'm overcompensating, I'm like I have to be cool as fuck everywhere else. Like, if you're a military spouse, I'm sure you're lovely, but I just don't relate to that. Like the trope (laughs) of being married to a military man is so like, what is that? (laughs) Well, I will give credit where it's due. It's not for the fucking week because. Girl. Talk about a long distance relationship. Talk about Period. Girl. No, it's it's crazy. So for anyone who's not in the first rodeo creative universe, welcome. My husband Connor has been deployed since July of 2023. It's almost March. <laughs> we haven't seen him. And Is that a no clue question? when this man's coming home? You haven't seen him since July? No. Haven't seen him since July. We chat, literally chat <laughs> on like Google chats and then like this like uh, internet's like, I don't even know what it is, but like he's on like a military computer so he can only use certain like websites. So we're literally like 2003 AIM chatting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And we FaceTimed like I got to FaceTime him like around Christmas, like a handful of times, very rare. So it's, it's been rough. And like, I think the fact, like all jokes aside, I think the fact that I don't take, like, I think marriage is funny. Like he's truly like my, he's my best friend. He's the love of my life. Like we are literally like soulmates love him. But I think because I'm able to like laugh about the fact that we're married, I'm able to kind of like disconnect and like not think too much about the distance. Because I think if I was like, I'm able to so easily attack, detach myself. And I think if I wasn't, I would be even further in the trenches than I currently am because yeah, like we haven't seen each other since July and I don't know when, but it's just kind of like, because I have like such a firm, like confident relationship with myself and like, I'm very self-assured and like, I'm extremely independent. Like I'm also the oldest child. So like I got all that scary. (laughs) I think that has helped me be like independent and has made surviving this. I I mean, still extremely difficult, like much more doable because I didn't mention this, but we live in the middle of nowhere because of his job. So it's not like I can just like hop on down the street and like go to a cutesy workout class anymore because we don't live somewhere where that is. So it's truly it's me and my laptop and my two dogs and we're vibing. <laughs> yeah. So it's been crazy. Wow. It's not for the week, but I'm still going to joke about it. <laughs> well, of course. <laughs> Wait, you don't know when he's coming back. Is that how that works? Yeah. So we have like a general idea, but at any point they can just be like, never mind, And then they just don't 
like keep us updated. So it's just constantly like, like things could work out great and he could be home like super soon or he could not. And I'm just like, I'll be here. Where am I going to go, girl? (laughs) Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah. It's crazy. It's crazy. crazy. Yeah. No, it's been rough. And like, I have to joke or else. Yeah. Or else what? Otherwise you'll literally, (laughs) your insides will turn black, I think. Right. Literally. Literally. Dramatic, but. No, well, probably not. No. Like, because that's crazy, and that's so stressful. I think that not having the end date, because it's always everybody loves having something to look forward to, and when mm-hmm. you literally don't know when that would be, that's so stressful. So, your perspective on this is admirable. Thank admirable you, thank you. Five. Yeah, I think it's because like it throughout college, and I think growing up, I just didn't know. But throughout college, I had like a pretty intense like battle with anxiety and depression, and I had to like really. I had no choice but to like look inward and like connect with myself and like for lack of a better better term like do the work when it comes to like mental health and like figuring out self-care and taking care of myself in ways that are bigger than just like you know calling a friend and like things like that so like actually like I think I'm very like connected and like I said very self-aware so I'm able to just kind of take it in stride like while still acknowledging that it sucks because obviously like marriage is not not seeing each other for however many months it's been but like I can't imagine like being with anybody else and like Mm -hmm. as much as I don't love living in the middle of nowhere like I would do it because like I this relationship means that much to me and like I'm able to like find ways to cope on my own and like we'll get through it and I'll look back and I'll be like what the fuck was that but we made it through That's so cute. And that's how you know that he is your soulmate. You're making them sacrifices and doing the goddamn thing. Mm -hmm. I know. That's why I keep telling myself. I'm like, there are girls my age that are like single, like they're in the trenches relationship wise, but for the opposite reason. And I'm like, sorry, Shelby, could be worse. I was like mid-sentence and I was like, do I make this joke? <laughs> no, you do. You do. Because again, that's how we get through it. That's how we get exactly. through it. Exactly. We have to laugh. <laughs> oh, that is so funny. I'm so proud of you for like figuring out how you were going to make this work for you. Mm-hmm. Like you needed yeah, that and like, And you did it. Girl, we're trying. And I, t- I told myself when he left, I was like, I could be sad about this, which I will, or I could t- like stay kind of in the trenches about it. And I was like, I'm not, I got to get up. I got to, I got to do something with this time. And like, obviously not the best time to like, you know, sit around and be alone, but what better time to start a business as like a solopreneur. Right. Like I told myself when he left, I was like, okay, we have however many amount of months, like I'm never going to get this like uninterrupted time to focus on building this. So like I've there was a time where I was literally like waking up working all day, like <laughs> just like constantly working. And I think I like can attribute like the early stages of growth in first rodeo, like to that. But I've like since pulled back because like early on, it was easier to avoid the fact that he was gone. But now that he's been gone so long, it's like more obvious and like harder to deal with. So I'm just kind of like pulling back on work a little bit. It's a give and take. But like I said, having the awareness to like no, when I'm like in the in the depths, like I'm starting to feel a little down. I'm like, okay, let's put the work down. Like, let's figure out what we need to do. Maybe call our therapist. Like, <laughs> it's all in being. It's all on you know being in touch with yourself. I kind of love the glass half full take on this. Of like, 
like if we're going to be overly optimistic, it's kind of nice because you kind of have the best of both worlds. You have a very stable, loving, committed relationship, mm-hmm. but you're also getting to do your own fucking thing throughout your 20s. Yeah. This would be Shelby's exactly. ideal like, situation. No, actually, I'm like, wait a second. Let <laughs> no. me, let me just like- ship myself off to San Diego. I'll spend a little bit of time at Coronado. <laughs> find me a nice man that will leave me the fuck alone. Literally. <laughs> and you need a connection? Like, like girl, I like, got plenty of friends. Let me know. But I'm just like – you know, I could, like you said, like I could just like be sad about it, but I'm also like, this is kind of best case scenario because you can't annoy me for eight months and I can build my business. I don't have to like, cause when he was home again, love him, bestie, he would come in this office and he would lay on the floor and just be like, so when are you done? I'm like, girl, I work for myself. I'm never done. Get out. <laughs> Like, again, I love you, but I don't come to your office and lay on the floor and ask when you're done. Like, sure don't. Just because you got off work at four instead of five doesn't mean we can hang out for the next hour. (laughs) So, again, give and take. Glass half full, babes. Yes, I love it. That's so funny. Literally, sometimes, like, we – this is us, like, working, right? Like, we're we're sitting on the couch working. And sometimes Micah's boyfriend will be here, and we, we summon him to the bedroom with the door closed. We're like, stay. You're in time out. Don't come out. Time out. Yes. Like, we're working out here. Yes. I don't know when we'll you be done. You play the quiet game by yourself. Yes. <laughs> we shut him in there with a book. We're yeah. like, and no background noise. No TV. Literally. No music. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't turn on the TV. Don't stomp around. Quiet. Nothing. We have a production out here. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So, yeah, glass half full. You just got to know. You got to look at it like, it's going to be over soon. It's going to be yeah. fine. But so, – when he, when he comes back, will he be back, like, for forever? Yes. Or is that another in the abyss thing? No. So the amazing news is that he, when he comes back, we're actually moving, like, relatively soon after we're moving to Boston. Ah! So any, any Just One Boston listeners, please hit my line because I haven't found an apartment yet. I'm very overwhelmed. But <laughs> we're moving, and the job that he has there is not at all, like, operational doing like actual military things. It's like very much a desk job. Um, so he won't be deploying, which is amazing. And he'll have like great hours. Cause the job that he had, like the job that he has here, even before the deployment, he was like working constantly. I joke that he came home at 4 PM, but that was like a one-off day. So I probably should have appreciated it a little bit more because he normally works like 12 hour days. But when we move to Boston, he'll be back to like a regular almost normal job he'll still have to wear his silly little like gi joe costume but like whatever um and yeah no more deployments we're living life so that is so exciting so exciting oh talk about the compromise for the long con i am proud of you oh my gosh girl also dope i've heard great things about boston so that's exciting no i'm so excited and like i'm such a like city girl like i love like exploring new neighborhoods and just like not having to drive everywhere. I love walking places. Not stoked on the winter part, which you guys know well, um, but I'll deal with it. <laughs> well, if you need a girl's trip before he comes back, you can come visit us. Yeah. No, We're I'm happy literally to walk like, around so our Chicago city with meet you. up when. <laughs> <laughs> you just say the day. Seriously. Oh my God. That would be so much fun. Can you imagine? We'd never so shut the fuck fun. up. No, but never. Actually, oh my God, never. No. Yeah. <laughs> has to be a four-day long trip (laughs) literally okay i really want to ask jesse a controversy question oh yes okay jesse we rebranded our ending question segment to um the controversy corner because we were just asking like these random one-offs so like no let's make it a little spicier 
And okay. so we have this list of like what we find to be controversial. Like we would think that the answers go 50-50. So we're going to step into the controversy corner with you. Okay. I'm ready. Okay. Yeah, go ahead. That's a good Okay. One. Can you change your love languages to suit your partner? Ooh. Give us your short answer and then the why behind it. Yeah. Okay. 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 I think – can you change your love language to – think so no I don't think so I think like the way that you give love is just the way that you give love like I am inherently just like not a touchy-feely person but I throw down for a gift (laughs) (laughs) birthdays Christmas anniversary like I'm there giving you the best gift you've ever received and you're like oh my god how did you read my mind and make this happen and I'm like I'm just that girl but you want a hug I don't know. <laughs> you want to hold my hand in public? I don't know. Feels kind of dirty. Like, don't, I'm just kidding. I would hold my husband's hand. But I think in general, like, I don't I don't think you can just like, I think you can probably like alter a little bit. Like if their love language is like, you know, like, I guess if, if Connor for some odd reason, like didn't vibe with the gift giving and was like, I need to be able to have like words of affirmation, I think I would be willing to like make the compromise. But I don't think it's like, if you're in like a long-term relationship with someone, I feel like that's probably that would come up pretty quickly if it if they were if there wasn't a mesh, if that makes sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Wait, I want to know your guys' answers. Am I allowed to know your idea on the controversy? Yes. I don't I feel like I can't think of all five of them right now. I feel like I'm missing one in my head. It's because some you really don't care about. They're right. not for you. Yeah. yeah. No, no, that's what I'm saying. I'm like, they're just not for you. Yeah. <laughs> right. Because I'm like, I feel like words of affirmation, that's a good one that I feel like you could change that. If someone's like, I need you to say more to me, I think yeah. you could. You don't think Have so? Have you met me? <laughs> no. It's literally it's literally like that scene in Gossip Girl. She's like, compliment me. Tell me my hair looks pretty. And she's like, but it doesn't. <laughs> that's literally that's literally me. Yeah. And I, wait, this is a one-off story. I gave a compliment to a boy like that I was like seeing at the time. And I was like, yeah. it was a genuine compliment. I meant it. And he was like, I don't – he's like, are, like, do you mean that? Like, I've never heard you compliment me. I'm like, so you should know that I mean it because it's rare. Like, yeah, I don't right. Give, I don't give random. I don't give fake. Yeah. Like, if I'm saying it, it's because I mean it because I'm not here to gas up anybody. <laughs> Real. <laughs> but my girlfriend's beautiful, amazing, gorgeous, love your outfit, love your hair. Oh, 100%. 100%. 100%. Yeah, if the question is of, like, platonic female friendships, 100%. I would lay down my life. I don't care. <laughs> right. <laughs> To a man. People are probably listening to this like, she doesn't actually like her husband. That's not true. <laughs> she hates him. But honestly, the best kind of relationships are the ones where you have to wonder if they actually like each other. Like- right. And like in person, like when it's just us, like I'm there. I'm the most like lovey-dovey, hard-eyed, like soft girl. But I'm not going to put my reputation on the line like that. <laughs> I have a brand to uphold. <laughs> Won't even know she's married. Right, exactly. Somebody responded to my story the other day. They were like, I just realized you were married. I was like, my work here is done. (laughs) My brand is diminished. (laughs) Wait, that is so funny. Okay, I I feel like I half half agree with you guys. I think that there's, but also there's only like a certain, it would be compromise. You're not fully changing your love language. You'd compromise. Like if, if Connor was like, I just really need you to embrace me in public, you might do it once a month. Right, and I'd be like, "This is your one." Yeah, like I'd be like, "No, I'm just kidding." Like, like I said, I think if it was, if you're truly with the person that you're meant to be with, like, yeah, then you can definitely, you, like, you'll be willing and 
able to like try to change. But if you're like newly in a relationship with someone and they're like, oh, like what's your love language? And they tell you that it's like the way I can't think of any of them, but they tell you that it's one that you just like aren't down for. You're like, hmm. If you're not willing to change, I think that's probably like a gut, a good gut check for the relationship. <laughs> Absolutely. That sounds like just one piece of advice. <laughs> just one piece of advice. <laughs> Write it down, no. bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Uh, well, thank you so much, Jesse. We love you. This was so yes. fun. I feel so, like I just yes. want to talk to you forever. I know. I feel like I'm like, this is probably our longest <laughs> episode well, like, ever. And I'm obsessed. To surface, you guys. Like, let's go I for four know. more hours, Joe I Rogan know. style. <laughs> <laughs> I think we should just all bring our mics to dinner when yeah. you come to Chicago and we'll just get it going. <laughs> Could you imagine like we pull up and we have like the lighting set up so like you're on mic and I'm just like <laughs> we have different tripods, our cameras seated around the table. That'd be perfect. <laughs> Oh, oh well this was amazing yes. we will link all of jesse's stuff in our description for you guys but tell us where we can find you yes okay so you can find me at first radio creative on instagram and tiktok you can find my website firstradiocreative.com and my podcast is on spotify and apple podcasts the lucky stars podcast i yeah. love we'll link it we'll post it we do not want you guys to miss out as always, if you like this, like, rate, follow, subscribe. Five stars is preferred, but to each their own. We are just number one podcast on TikTok. No, that's on Instagram. And then just one dot podcast on TikTok. And we will chat with you guys next week. Bye. See ya. Bye, guys. Bye.